All right, Scott Lewis is going to come. Scott, why don't you come up here? Scott's uh, married to Sharon. I thought that's his big claim to fame. <laughs> and uh, he does a few Good other choice. things around here, but he's now the, now the chair, chairman of our elders, and we're just very blessed to have him uh, to, to, to lead the, the elders. Uh, we're also just glad to have him a part of this church, and uh, I don't exactly know all he's going to talk about this morning, but I know it'll be pertinent. Uh, he heads up, heads up the FCA, Fellowship Christian Athletes Area Director. <coughs> And uh, so I'm sure he'll have some uh, great things to tell to say to us. So let's uh, bow our heads for a minute. Father, I just thank you for Scott. Thank you, Lord, for his life and character. Thank you, Lord, for his family. I would pray, dear God, that you would continue to bless and honor his steps as a missionary, as a leader in our church, as a husband of a wife. And uh, just pray, Father, that you would give him, Lord, all the, all the courage to be what he needs to be. Today, Father... Uh, I just pray you'll guard his words and uh, uh, help him, Father, to com communicate, Lord, what's on his heart and what you would want us to hear this morning as men uh, see you here this morning. Thank you, Lord, for this great breakfast in Christ's name. Amen. 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 I really appreciate Jay giving me the opportunity to, to share with you guys uh, this morning. And I really appreciate the signs that you put out there, Jay. I'm not 100% sure how much truth there is on the sign about me. Um, but a humor, it, it's kind of a humorous experience to uh, go into the men's room, use the urinal, and read about yourself. Um, <laughs> the guy's pretty impressive. Uh, but uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, the whole part about, uh, I, I don't know if you read the signs, but Jay put on there, you know, soccer star at uh, PCB. Um, really enjoyed my opportunity to, to play soccer there back when Karen, before Karen was PBU, was PCB. If you're losing track, don't worry. Everybody else does too. Uh, currently, Karen. But um, you know, I, I don't know how much of a star I was. Um, I did play I with. You're pretty good. Well, well, what I did was I played with the guy who set the single season and career goals scoring record. Uh, and so I just figured I'm just going to pass the ball to that guy. Let him do all the hard work. Um, you, some of you know him, Steve Eichner from. Uh, church uh, over there, Franklin Mills, but a uh, great guy, but um, I like to think that uh, he wouldn't have scored all those goals if I hadn't passed the ball to him, so <laughs> that was my claim to fame, but, um, you know, uh, playing soccer at Karen was, was where Sharon, you know, my, the best part, best aspect of who I am being married to Sharon, that's, that's where she first noticed me, because uh, she was on the sidelines, and she's hearing this, uh, hey, great job, loser, and um, <laughs> she's like, who in the world... What's wrong with this guy? They're calling him loser, and you know, figured out eventually. You know, Scott lose. They call me loser, and um, I think it helped when I eventually built up the courage to ask Sharon out. I think she just, you know, like I don't want this guy to get a complex. I better, I better go out with him because uh, everybody calls him loser all the time. But um, anyway, so yeah, I just really appreciate the opportunity to be with you. What what I want to do is uh, just kind of start off. I want to tell you a tale of two quarterbacks. And back in 2005, right after Tom Brady won his third Super Bowl, which, uh, by the way, who'd they beat in 2005? Eagles. Eagles. <laughs> they cheated. That's all I'm going to say about it. They cheated. But after cheating his way to his third Super Bowl, here's what Tom Brady said. I'm not going to keep bringing up the fact that they cheated, but after he cheated... <laughs> 2005, Tom Brady was uh, interviewed by 60 Minutes. Uh, a guy named Steve Croft interviewed him, and here's what Tom Brady said. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something greater out there for me? 
I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life. Me, I think it's got to be more than this. I mean, this isn't, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. So Steve Cross says, well, what's the answer? And Tom Brady said, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Three Super Bowls, and I wish I knew what, what uh, life was all cracked up to be. Uh, in contrast to that, I want to share with you a little excerpt from Drew Brees' book. Um, after he won the Super Bowl in 2010. As far as we know, they didn't cheat. My team. Your team. All right, very good. Uh, even though they got beat by the, the Cowboys. Well, really. Well, we're beating you guys again. There you go. So, uh, still my favorites to win the Super Bowl, by the way. I still think they're going to pull it off. But um, So apparently when you win the Super Bowl, you're obligated to write a book. I don't know how that works. But um, uh, this book in 2010, uh, it's titled Coming Back Stronger. And, uh, you know, Drew Brees' story had devastating shoulder injury, you know, and, and really his, question, his uh, career was up in uh, very questionable whether he was even going to be able to continue. And the Saints, um, they, they were the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> you know, they were just horrible before the Aints, before Drew Brees and uh, before, um, I'm a total blank on the coach's name, Sean Payton, before Sean Payton showed up. Uh, they, were, they were just absolutely horrible. And... Um, Actually, right after the, the devastating hurricane that, that blew through, just a few years after that, um, and you know, Drew's whole um, idea behind coming here was much, more, much bigger than football. He wanted to be a part about really changing the whole community. But here's what he has to say. One of the guiding principles in my life is from a parable of Jesus. To whom much is given, much will be required. In other words, if you've been blessed, it's your responsibility to bless others with what you've been given. God hasn't given those gifts just for your own good, but for the good of others as well. Early in my football career, I recognized the need to give back to the community. I see it as my responsibility, but also my privilege to be generous with what God has entrusted to me. And then at the end of this same chapter, he writes this. I think a lot about the term calling. Brittany and I felt that when we came to New Orleans, I sensed that God was bringing us here for a reason. Most people think they're called to something because of what they can do for the community or a cause. But to me, it's also because that community can help you be where you need to be. The truth is, as much as Brittany and I have invested in New Orleans in terms of football and the foundation, this city has given it all back to us tenfold. It's always, I will always be thankful to the people of this city and to God who called me here. A little bit of a contrast, right? Three Super Bowls, and I don't know what life's all about, versus... Uh, you know, the reason why I've been blessed with football is the opportunity to, um, to impact others. And, you know, really the, the difference in all that is uh, clarity. It's clarity and it's focus. Uh, that, that Tom Brady, not really 100% sure what his life's all about, but Drew Brees um, really has a clarity as to, to why God has, has called him here and what he's all about. And uh, just that whole concept of clarity and focus. Do you feel like you have clarity and focus in your life? Do you know what the bigger purpose and why you've been called uh, to, to live on this earth, why you've been given the opportunity to, to be where you are and what you're all about is, is really what I want to share with you a little bit. And uh, what I'd like to do is uh, start with sharing um, with you about one of the interesting uh, characters in the Bible. I'm going to look at Acts chapter 4, uh, but I've been reading through the Bible this year, something I, I never took the opportunity to do before in my life. I don't know why it took me so long. I'm really enjoying reading through the Bible, maybe not so much the end of uh, the Old Testament, but the rest of it's really good. 
And um, Acts chapter 4 is about a guy named uh, Barnabas. I want to read to you verses 32 to 37. So uh, without looking, does anybody know what Barnabas' real name is? Son of Encouragement. Okay, that's the nickname that they gave him, Barnabas, son of encouragement. Anybody, anybody know his real name? Joseph. Joseph, right? So Barnabas isn't even this guy's name. His nickname was son of encouragement, Barnabas, son of encouragement, because of who he was. So let me read starting in verse 32, and I'll just read down through uh, the end of the chapter here. It says, All the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them, for from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, bought the mon- brought the money to the, uh, f- from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Doesn't that sound like a church you'd like to be a part of? <laughs> Pretty good stuff right there, right? Verse 36, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. I don't know about you, but that's pretty cool that um, this guy's whole demeanor, this guy's whole purpose of life, this guy's whole focus was encouragement. So much so that the apostles said, we're not going to call you Joseph anymore. We're going to call you Barnabas because that's who you are. That's what you do. That's the point of your life. That's the focus of, of everything that, that you're all about. And, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. I mean, if you thought about the predominant character characteristic of your life, what would people call you? <laughs> you know, they might call you a son of a gun or something like that. But son of encouragement. I mean, this guy was, this was his focus. This is what he was all about. Uh, and, you know, if you read through the book of, of Acts, um, I mean, he's, he's Paul's right-hand man on much of uh, the trips and much of the ministry that takes place. I mean, he's right there. He's, he's not the main guy, but you could just imagine that uh, so much of what he's doing is, is encouraging Paul, keeping Paul together. You know, <laughs> Maybe he's the one that organized the trips and Paul's out there scatterbrained or whatever. We don't really know, but, but he's just focused on um, supporting, encouraging, so much so that, that that's what they changed his name to. And, um, you know, another little interesting tidbit here is, um, you know, hit, Paul and Barnabas didn't always get along, right? There was a time when they're getting ready to go on a trip, and Barnabas says, I, I want to take my protege here. I want to take Mark with me. And Paul says, no way. That guy ditched us. I'm not taking him along. Uh, and, and, and Barnabas says, listen, I, I'm taking this guy. This, this is what this is all about. And, you know, he wasn't just, you know, willing to give in to Paul on, on anything Paul said. He said, no, I'm, uh, this is my guy, and I'm taking him, and, I'm mentoring this guy. I want to pour into him. This is what my life is all about. I'm the son of encouragement. Uh, and so they end up you know, taking two, two different trips, really, going in two different directions. But I just love the, the focus and the, you know, the, the detail of this guy's life. This is what I'm about. This is who I am. I'm a son of encouragement. And, and he doesn't deviate from it, even if it means, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'd have the courage to say to Paul, you're wrong, dude. <laughs> you know, like, you're the apostle, you know. But here's Barnabas saying, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with this guy, and I'm, I'm going to hang in there with him. And, you know, the whole idea of, you know, how, how do we find life mission? What, how do we find that kind of focus, that kind of clarity? Um, you know, life can, it comes at you at 100 miles an hour. And if you're not ready for it, you can get off track, and you get swept up and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, do you have the opportunity to come back to the purpose, to the focus, to the clarity uh, of your life. And if you never found it, it's kind of hard to, to come back to it in the first place. And I just want to share two uh, verses from Scripture that, that have been 
uh, impactful for me while I was, you know, in this process of really trying to focus in. First one comes from Psalm 138. Feel free to turn there if you have it. But uh, Psalm 138, uh, verse 8 says, if I can find it here, uh, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Let me read that again. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. I, I just love that. You know, sometimes I have to step back and I'm like, all right, God, I, I feel like, you know, life's a whirlwind and, and everything's spinning around and I got 87 things I got to get accomplished and all this kind of stuff. But what is your purpose for me? Fulfill that for me, please. Help me to drill into what it is. Help me to clear away the distraction. Help me to stay focused and help me to know what, what your purpose is for me. And, and fulfill that for me, Lord. I know you have a purpose. I know you have a plan. Uh, just help me to dial in and, and know what that is and, and stick with it. I, I just love that verse. The Lord will. It's a, it's a promise. He will fulfill his purpose for me. And this is David um, speaking to that. And then the next chapter over, Psalm 139. Very famous passage of Scripture, right? Everybody knows uh, parts of this passage of Scripture. You know, my inward parts were formed by the Lord. All those, all those uh, tremendous, intimate detail of how God knows us. But uh, Psalm 139, 16 uh, is another verse that I, that I really enjoy. Uh, it says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Hmm. All the days. Um, I don't know how long I have to live, but God does. Uh, I don't know what every day brings, but God does. <laughs> and so I'm going to look to him and say, Lord, you know, what, 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 what do you have for me today? What, what's going on today? It's already written in your book. You know, and just help me to walk along with you. Um, and, you know, 99% of the problems in my life happen when I start deciding that I will be in charge of the direction of what I want to do and where I want to go, right? You, everybody's out there shaking their head. Same thing. God, you have ordained the days of my life. You know the purpose of my life. You fulfill the purpose of my life. Uh, because when I decide that Scott loses in control, disaster, right? Stupid. Th- I make all kinds of dumb decisions and get myself in trouble. But I just want to let the Lord um, God and direct me. And, uh, you know, just share a little bit uh, personally of who I am. Uh, you know, I'm, the, I'm the youngest of eight kids. Uh, there are six years difference between me and the next oldest sibling. So uh, my oldest siblings actually have children that are older than I am. <laughs> uh, I have a niece and a nephew that are older than I am. So, uh, but, you know, very uh, big span of time between uh, my oldest siblings and, and even my next oldest sibling, who has since passed away, but six years have gone on. My parents have never once said, however, as an adult, I have come to the conclusion it's pretty safe bet that I was not a planned pregnancy, okay? Um, I would not want <laughs> a child six years after my youngest was born. Uh, my parents never said that, never felt that from them, but I sit back and I think, I'm going to take a shot in the dark that probably wasn't planned. Um, glad to be here, you know. Thank you, Lord, that I was born. Probably not something my parents, you know, had set out to say, hey, let's have another child. Uh, we already have seven kids. We need one more. Um, but, you know. just having a full baseball team. There you go. Just close. Very close to having a full baseball team. But, you know, just that fact. I mean, the, Lord, the fact that I was even born means that you had a, you had a hand in that. You know, you, you brought me on this earth. And there must be something. There must be some reason why you wanted me here. And uh, also, uh, when I was five years old, I was, you know, uh, some of my... 
uh, siblings and I and, and neighborhood kids, we were out in our front yard throwing a Frisbee around, playing Frisbee. Somebody chucked the Frisbee out into the street. Five years old, I ran out to go get it and was hit by a car. Um, broke my arm. And fortunately, the guy wasn't going super fast, but I broke my arm. Uh, but that could have been it for me, you know. Uh, running out in the street, if that guy had had been in a hurry, like everybody is nowadays driving around Newtown, they drive up and down our street like it's the Indy 500. Uh, right, Chuck? <laughs> Chuck lives across the street from me, so he knows. Um, but, you know, fortunately, the Lord spared my life again. I just look back on those circumstances, and I think that, you know, there's a reason why I'm here. There's a reason why God spared my life. There is something that uh, God has for me to do and, and what he wants to accomplish. Um, and so those moments for me uh, help me to step back and say, God, give me some clarity. Give me some focus. Help me to know what it is that you want, want me to accomplish uh, in life. And, you know, I, I don't think uh, I'm here accidentally by any, any way, shape, or form. And so um, those are the kind of things that just encourage me to me. Um, you know, the other thing that's kind of interesting when I, when I just kind of share with you a little bit about who I am, um, I'm naturally a very introverted person. Um, I don't really like being with crowds of people a lot. Um, I, I love quiet time. I love to be by myself. That's when I get energized. That's when I feel closer to the Lord. That's when I feel like, you know, I can shut out all the noise of the world. Um, and yet the Lord's called me to ministry to, to people. The irony of that is sometimes funny to me. I'm like, Lord, you know, it's not who you created me to be. You know, it's, <laughs> and yet you've called me to that. You've called me outside of what's naturally, instinctually, what I, you know, where, where I would like to be and what I would like to do. Um, and, you know, even as a, um, you know, as a young man, um, you know, I, I had a fear of public speaking. When, when I was in 10th grade, I distinctly remember multiple times a teacher, you know, like, okay, everybody get out your books. Uh, we're going to read through uh, certain kinds of things. Hey, Scott, you're going to read page whatever. And I would open up the book and I would freeze. I couldn't do it. I, not even in a, a classroom setting. I couldn't read <laughs> out loud. I'd be choking out the words, and the teacher would finally feel so bad. I'd be like, all right, uh, Joe, you finish up because God can't do it. Um, and it's kind of funny because nowadays, you know, I, I, I speak with people all the time. I'm in front of groups of people sharing different kind of things. And it's just the Lord, you know, giving me the opportunity, giving me a calling. And even though, you know, I, I much rather, you know, spend time with myself or a smaller group of people. And even though, you know, public speaking wasn't something I was just born to, um, it's an opportunity that the Lord's given me to, to um, make an impact uh, in the world as he's called me to do it. And, you know, as a young man, um, I went to a, uh, uh, I had an opportunity, which I'm thankful for, to go to a, a Christian school uh, and yet the Christian school was extremely legalistic in its approach to Christianity. And uh, so I had this concept, God's angry. That, that was the, that's how I grew up. God's angry with you. And if you don't cut your hair the right way and wear the right clothes and listen to the right music and, you know, show up at the church at the right time when the doors, are, you know, you're in trouble, you know, because God's always angry. And you got to you got to make sure God's, you know, not angry with you by doing all the things and checking off all the lists. Um, and fortunately, um, I had the opportunity to, to switch to a, a different school uh, in high school where um, two coaches in particular really poured into me. And uh, I had the opportunity to see guys who loved the Lord, um, who were in a relationship with him. And uh, one of them had like big hair. This was back, you know, in the 80s. And this guy had big hair. And I'm like, this guy is so cool. His hair is huge. You know, he was like this big fro that he had. 
uh, white guy, but a fro, and, uh, you know, like, man, you know, like, this guy loves the Lord and his hair is big? How, how's that even possible? I just blew my mind. How can you love the Lord and have big hair? Um, but, you know, it was just something that the Lord used in my life to, you know, to guide and direct me um, into who he wants me to be. And another uh, psalm that I'll read with you is Psalm uh, chapter 84. Um, and this is a, is a verse in high school that the Lord uh, put on my heart and kind of challenged me with to say, you know, what, what do you want to do with life and where do you want to go? As, I'm glad I came across this as a high school student. But Psalm 84.10 says, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere, and I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Um, that was one of the pivotal verses that the Lord uh, put on my heart to say, you know, serving me uh, one day, one day of serving the Lord is better than a thousand anywhere else. Um, and I'm not trying to you know, put anybody down who, who isn't in full-time ministry, but for me, that was a challenge that the Lord put on my heart to say, I, I want you to go into ministry. And that, that started that process. And you know, the, the teachers who were coaches, who had big hair, who impacted me, um, I said, I, I want to be that kind of person. I want to be a person who has that type of in, influence in the lives of uh, young people. And that set me down the path to um, going to PCB, being a soccer star, and um, pursuing uh, teaching was, was what I went to PCB to do because I, I wanted to be that guy. I wanted to, to teach and coach and, and make an impact uh, in the hearts and lives of uh, the students just the way those guys had done for me. And so um, I'm just really thankful that the Lord you know, kind of molded and shaped and guided and directed, first of all, that I was even born, but then you know, had put a calling on my life as a, as a high school student to, um, to serve. You know, that whole... Um, that whole verse, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. Um, Gene's not here, right? I don't see Gene anywhere, but you know what? Um, yeah, coffee guy, right? Yeah, makes the coffee, right? Um, for, for me, um, you know, to be a doorkeeper, to be someone who greets, isn't that a really important job to have, Jay? Right? Isn't, that, isn't that absolutely critical? I mean, we're talking at our table here, right? Um, about churches that you go to and nobody ever says hello to you. <laughs> and Jay's worked really hard over the years. Our church used to have the reputation, like you walk in a door, nobody would talk to you. <laughs> you know, we were down, especially when we were down on, uh, you know, Main Street down there. No, nobody would, nobody would talk to, to people. And that, you know, we've worked really hard to try, try to change that. But, you know, being a doorkeeper, being the coffee maker, that's where I was going with, with the whole gene. I mean, that might be the most important ministry on a Sunday, right? <laughs> Sorry, Dave. But, uh, <laughs> you know, nobody's going to be awake enough to listen to Dave preach if we don't have, you know, caffeine flowing through our veins. And so, yeah, just whatever it is, you know, to, to serve um, in the house of God, be a door, be, be a greeter at the door, make some coffee, whatever it is. Um, those types of things are just absolutely critical. And, um, you know, as far as the, the whole idea of trying to focus in on um, what God would have for us or how do we, how do we determine that, um, a New Testament verse that I want to share is Ephesians 2.10. Uh, many of you probably already know this verse, but it's probably the closest thing that I would say um, is a life verse for me. Ephesians 2.10. Um, <clears throat> it's... it's um, Simply this, you know, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Um, you know, that verse uh, just resonates with me as far as, you know, God's created me. God has a purpose and a plan for me. And I love that idea of there, there are good works, uh, which God has prepared in advance. He's thought ahead. 
and said, you know what, um, I'm going to put Scott Lewis on the earth. His parents may not want him to be born. I'm going to make him be born. I'm going to let him not get killed when he gets run over by a car. Um, I'm going to call this guy into ministry. And there are certain things that I want Scott Lewis to do, certain good works that uh, nobody else is going to get the opportunity to, to do. Nobody else is going to have uh, that particular connection, that particular gift, that particular talent, uh, those uh, opportunities to get, get to, to certain places. And um, you know, those kinds of things just challenge me to say, okay, God, uh, what, what do you have for me to do? What do you want uh, in advance? You've prepared certain things for me. And again, that helps me to come back to the clarity and the focus. What's the clarity and the focus of, of what, um, what God is calling me to do and what God's calling me to be in life? Um, you know, how, do you, how do you pursue that? How do you pursue... Your, um, your purpose or what God has for you? Um, I think there's three questions that I want to throw out to you. First of all is, what are you made for? What are you made for? Um, there is a, a theologian, psychologist, uh, mixed guy, his name is Frederick Buchner, who wrote this. Your calling is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Your calling is where the world's deep where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. What does that, what does that basically mean? You know, when you look around in the world, um, there's problems. There's, there's things that need to be changed. Um, there should be some things that just infuriate you when you look around and see what the world's, what's going on in the world. Um, how can you make a difference there? How can you make an impact? Uh, what are the particular things that God's called you to do? Um, simple things. Doesn't have to always be you know, some humongous uh, life calling type of thing. Maybe it's just simply, you know, taking a meal to a neighbor. Maybe it's, it's you know, going over and, and shoveling snow for an elderly, you know, neighbor who's stuck or something like that. Or um, maybe it's, you know, making coffee on a Sunday morning. Whatever your calling is, you know, uh, where your deep gladness, where you just are fired up and excited uh, to be there, gifts, talents, interests, and abilities that you have, and where there's a need, where those two things come together is where, where God's calling you uh, to be. So what are you, what are you made for? Um, you know, Jay mentioned I get to work for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Um, that's just awesome. You know, I love going to, onto a high school campus, first of all, to represent Jesus Christ because nobody else gets to do it, right? Even the, the Christians that are there, they can't stand up in a classroom and say, hey, everybody, I'm a Christian. Come see me after class if you want to talk about that. They would be fired immediately. Um, you know, they, can, they can't speak openly and freely, but I get to go onto a, a high school campus. They can't fire me. I have been escorted off campus, <laughs> but they can't fire me, um, you know, because I don't work for them. But, uh, you know, to go there and to get to hang out on the sidelines of a, of a football practice or a basketball practice, whatever, I love that stuff. I could be there all day long. You know, it's not a burden for me to be hanging out with coaches and athletes and everything. And, and that's just... You know, a gift that the Lord's given me, a interest that the Lord's given me, and the opportunity to, to meet a need there where, where nobody else really gets opportunities a lot of times uh, to, to impact those coaches and those athletes who are so influential on those campuses. Uh, the second question is this. What are you moved by? What are you moved by? Um, what are some passions that you have? You know, like I said, when, when you watch the news, when you interact with, with your world around you, I mean, what, what, what moves you, you know? Uh, we were just talking here. Some, uh, Darren can get up in the morning without even setting an alarm clock. And he can do it uh, in other time zones, too. That's really impressive. <laughs> but when you get up in the morning, you know, anything gets you excited? Anything fire you up a little bit? Any, anything that, uh, you know, you get, you get a little passionate about? Um, that's probably 
something that the Lord's put on your heart, you know? Is it homelessness? Is it, you know, trying to, um, you know, build a Habitat for Humanity house? I mean, you know, what, what is it? What gets you fired up? What gets you motivated? Those are the kinds of things that move you and can have a big part of um, helping you to understand God's calling, God's purpose for your life. What are you made for? What are your talents, your interests, your abilities, things that you absolutely enjoy? What moves you? What gets you excited? What things are you passionate about? Um, and then the last question that kind of com- brings all this together is what, what's your mission then? It kind of helps you answer that question. What's your mission? What's the purpose that God has prepared in advance for you to do? You know, um, Maybe it's music. Maybe it's art. Maybe it's sports. Maybe it's teaching. I, I don't know what it is. It's your thing. You're the one that has to kind of answer those questions. But what are you made for? What are you moved by? And what's your mission? Um, and I want to I want to kind of pause right here and say this. Um, I'm not talking about a career, right? <laughs> I'm not talking about what you, you do for a job. It could be that. But what I'm talking about is who are you as a person, right? Because you might be sitting there thinking, man, I'm just a plumber. You know, I don't serve the Lord in plumbing or whatever. That doesn't matter. Your career isn't necessarily what the focus is. But who has God called you to be? Um, you know, as men, there's a particular responsibility, a particular sense that um, if we get fired up, if we do what God's calling us to do, uh, we can really revolutionize the church. We can revolutionize our families. We can revolutionize our communities, you know, everything that God's, God's asked us to be. Um, probably the biggest offense <laughs> to God is passivity, you know, just kind of, ah, you know, life's just happening, what's the big deal? And, you know, you can fall into it. I've fallen into it. You know, you just go in the routine, you know, just go to work every day, do my thing every day, you know, um, just this time of year this is what I do, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I've tried to make a difference and nothing happens, you know, those kinds of things. But, um, to continue to challenge yourself. Uh, and again, to think bigger than career. It's not what you do, it's who you are. Who are you as a man? What has God called you to do? What kind of impact is God uh, specifically giving you to do? You know, I'm not going to make the same impact as John <laughs> or Mike or Darren, but they're not going to make the same impact I'm going to make either. And, uh, you know, what's, what's the calling? Uh, what's the life mission that, that you have? Um, and it's played out in, in bigger and smaller areas. You know, in, it's played out in your spiritual life. Uh, it's played out in your physical health, your physical life. You know, what's God called you to do and be as far as your health, you know, mental, emotional, relational, financial, all the aspects of life uh, are calling an impact that God's specifically challenged you with and given you to do. And so, um, you know, kind of thinking those things through and kind of putting it together. Um, and honestly, it helps. You know, we talk about clarity and focus. When, when you start to ask these kinds of questions, when you start to have that kind of clarity and focus, uh, it gives you the opportunity to say yes to certain opportunities, and it also helps you to say no <laughs> to certain opportunities. You know, let, let somebody else do that. That might be somebody else's calling. That's not my calling. But am, am I doing what I've been called to do? What are the talents and abilities and the passions and things that, that I've been made for, that I'm moved by, and that's a particular life, life mission for me. And so it, it, it does help to reduce the busyness sometimes. You know, people are constantly asking us, you know, can you do this? Can you give to that? Can you do, you know, all this kind of stuff. This time of year, how many of you already have about 12 uh, year-end appeals from different <laughs> missions groups and everything? You know, it's like, I can't give to everything. I can't do everything. What's God calling me to do? What's, what's God want me to do? By the way, some of you will be getting the FCA. Um. <laughs> anyway, um, 
So what all this has helped me to do um, is, is to, to draw down into um, just trying to, trying to figure out a life mission. And um, you know, I, I just put it together like this. Influencing people towards a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. Influencing people towards a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. If I have to give a clarity and a focus to my life, that, that's what it is. You know, whether it's um, middle school kids or high school kids or college kids that I get to interact with. Every once in a while we get to interact with professional athletes. Not a lot, but some. Um, any opportunity that, that comes my way, I'm saying, is this helping me to influence people towards a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ? You know, if it is, I might say yes to it. If it's not, then I'm probably saying no. You know, <laughs> it's not, not what I want to be and, and not what I want to do. Um, and, the, and the three spheres for influencing people towards a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ in my life are family, FCA, and, and here at Grace Point. Family, FCA, and here at Grace Point. So those are the three things I'm going to pour the most energy into uh, as long as it gives me opportunities to influence people towards a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. And then, you know, outside, I'm not saying I'm never going to do anything else outside of that, but um, I have to focus in on those three things. I have to give that the, the priority in my life. And, um, you know, then if there's margin, if there's other energy or, or influence that I can have, I'll, I'll gladly do that outside of family Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and, and here at Grace Point. And uh, that's not always a, that priority doesn't always line up <laughs> perfectly, but uh, sometimes it does, but not always. But um, what I want to do is I, as I kind of wrap up uh, some thoughts here, I just want to share uh, a book with you. It's called uh, Life Word, Discover Your One Word to Leave a Legacy. And uh, three guys wrote this book, John Gordon, Dan Britton, and Jimmy Page. I got this book because Jimmy Page used to be my boss. So um, yeah, I figured I'd better buy the book to, to make a good impact on Jimmy. Uh, but these, these guys are awesome. And um, you know, really appreciate how they've uh, brought some clarity. Re- really the whole idea behind a life word. Uh, these guys got sick and tired of creating New Year's resolutions every year that last for eh, a week, two, maybe a month, and then you, you kind of ditch them, right? And they said, let's get away from New Year's resolutions and trying to challenge ourselves to, you know, to uh, keep up with six things, you know, every year. And they said, let's just boil it down to a word, you know. So they were coming up with a word for every year. I just want to focus in on a word for this year. What's, what's, what can I focus in on? What's God calling me to, to give emphasis and attention to and to keep coming back to for clarity? And then they even took it one step further, and that's this book, as a, as a life word. Let me, let me just boil down into one word what my life is going to be all about. And uh, to continue to bring clarity, to continue to come back to focus on who God has called me to be, what God wants me to do. And so I'd encourage you to pick up a copy of it, or you can look through this one. Do not take it. It's my only copy uh, of this book, but you're welcome to look through it. Um, but I, I just really like the concepts that, that they lay out here as far as just clarity, just focus. You know, um, Again, the world uh, will take absolutely as much of your time and attention and focus and money <laughs> uh, as it possibly can. And if you're not careful, you can get swept up into it, and you can get, um, you know, just feel like a hamster on the on the uh, on the treadmill there, the wheel going around and around. Uh, but how do you step off of that? How do you how do you back off? How do you say I want to give my time and attention to the things that that God has called me specifically to do, what God's called me specifically to be, uh, more importantly than your career or anything like that. Your career might come out of that, but you know, um, and and the the great part about this is. Um, whatever stage of life you're in, you know, if you're a young guy or, or older or wherever it is, um, it still matters. It's still a great question to ask, and it's still clarity and focus to, to come to because as long as you're, you know, breathing air in and out of your body, God's got a purpose for you 
uh, here on this earth and what is it? How do I find it? How do I stay focused to it? How do I you know, push out the distractions and the things that, that are going to take time and energy away from what God's calling me to be and do? And uh, hopefully that'll, that'll just help bring um, more impact and more focus to your life and less, less frustration and less feeling like you're you know, spinning your wheels for everything. So um, let me close on a word of prayer and then... Do we have time for Q&A yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah. Or, all right. Well, let me pray, and then we'll, we'll turn it back over to Jay. Lord, we just thank you for, um, for loving us, Lord, and, uh, and your uh, great sovereignty, your great purpose of, of life. Uh, you put every single one of us on, on this earth at this time uh, to, to impact uh, the world in a specific way, Lord. So just help us as men to pursue that. Help us as men to, to know what you're calling us to, to do and be. Uh, Lord, if we get fired up and if we, um, if we take seriously uh, the calling to follow you, Lord, uh, we could do some dynamic things. Lord, not, not to pat ourselves on the back or look great uh, because of who we are, Lord, but because of, of what you created us to be and, and what you're going to empower us to do. And uh, we're excited about that, Lord. And so uh, as we wrap up 2018 and head into 2019, Lord, I pray that we would we'd have a renewed energy, a renewed focus to, to do and be who you called us to 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 be, Lord. And so uh, we thank you for, for loving us as much as you do. And just pray to you to bless, uh, bless us uh, this day and through the holiday season and uh, as we head into 2019. We pray all this in the wonderful and precious name of your son, Jesus. Amen.